Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 38 of A View to a Kaku Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Ninja Sentai Kaku Ranger. Each week we watch an episode and we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you doing today? I'm well, man. Having a good day. It's hot. It's been nasty hot in Cleveland, which is gross. But aside from that... It has. It has been super hot. Uh, yesterday, I woke up. I took a cold shower. I decided not to be a bum and sit inside all day, so I thought I'm going to walk down to the beach. So nice. I, I put on my shorts and I put on my sunglasses and I put on—I mean, you know, like a, a t-shirt and sandals and stuff too. I yes, don't need to yeah, go yeah. To I assume that wasn't the only things you put on. But I walked down to the beach and I wandered around for a little bit, and then I walked back and I realized that I needed to immediately take another cold shower. Like, the, yep, like cold been... showers bookended most things I did yesterday, which is what you do if <laughs> yeah, you don't that's have been air my conditioning. Life. You just take a lot of cold showers. Yep. Uh, but that's my life. I'm, I'm moving back into the cold shower part of the year. Uh, but other than that, I'm doing well. You know what I'm doing? You know what is making me do particularly well, Dave? What, Matt? The knowledge that soon and very soon we are going to be watching episode 38 of Ninja Sentai Cocker Ranger. It is called Moo. A repulsive cow. But before we get into that, Dave, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. What is our first star of the week? So, Matt, our first star of the week is, it was E3 last week. Yes, and I know that all you listeners come to us for all the E3 coverage. Yeah, super exciting news. Um, A lot, a lot of really exciting uh, schnazzy stuff came out last week about a bunch of new games. I uh, did not watch uh, any of it. I oh. didn't really watch any of it. Okay. So- at all. <laughs> so instead of talking about E3, here's a game that I think should exist. Okay, so this is like uh, this is like E4. This is like E3 next step. Like yeah, looking into the this future. Is, yeah, this is D which is Dave's Entertainment Expo. Uh, so here's how this game would work. It would either be one really long game or like three separate games. And the difficulty about this is that each game is kind of like a different genre. So the first game or first part of the long game with me uh-huh. is like a fairly standard like uh, adventure action with like some RPG elements okay? okay so it's not so like live live sort of combat but you're just like one dude and you're fighting some monsters think i'd say maybe prince of persia okay all right and maybe in my head this is based on the exalted role-playing game dave in your head everything is based on the exalted role-playing game that's not true matt in my head everything is based on the mage role-playing game uh okay, but that is this true. Yeah, everything, it all comes back to mage. Anyways, but in this case, it's based on Exalted. So you're like picking your cast, you're getting like supernatural powers, right? And then you kind of get through the end of that part. And, you know, it's like a branching story and you're like making decisions and choosing stuff. The next part of the game, or the second game in the series, is basically Dynasty Warriors, but with supernatural powers, right? Okay. Even, right, you so you're like more supernatural powers. Yeah, more supernatural powers. So the first part again, you're like fairly standard. You've got some cool powers because you are an RPG character. Second part, you're literally like fighting armies by yourself, Dynasty Warrior style, right? And then, oh, and then of course the decisions that you made in the first part of the game are obviously carrying over like Mass Effect style, right? Right into right. the next part of the game, and then the third part of the game is basically like Civ, like Civilization. Okay, so basically, you've got one dude, and you're taking him from, like, his solo adventures to the time where, like, he is king and ruling over parts of the world. Immortal God King, but yes. Okay, sure. I I, I think the Immortal God part was implied. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if you want to, so like if you as you're playing Civ, right? If you want to, you can also like revert back down. So you could just send your armies off, but if you want to make super sure that like your armies are defeating the next city over whatever, you yourself like the immortal god king whatever whatever can like take the field and now you're sort of back in a uh, in a dynasty warriors style scenario and then you're yeah so you see how this whole thing fits together it's amazing in my brain here's the only problem matt i uh-huh. can only think of one game studio that would make this uh, i can't actually remember the name of it but it's the one that's owned by vin diesel that as far as I can tell, only exists to make the games that Vin Diesel wants to play that nobody else wants to play okay. necessarily. So what you need to do instead, Dave, is to instead of having this like in your head be based on the Exalted game, you need this it, to be based yeah. on the Chronicles of Riddick. It really does just need to be. Oh, it would even work this because it could be part of the Necromonger game. Actually, this would what you are describing. I think is kind of the cycle of the Riddick movies. Okay, here's what we need to do, Matt. Theoretically, six degrees of seven bacon, Vin Diesel is a friend of 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 the show. Sure. We just need to figure out that chain. We just need to figure out that chain and get this idea into Vin's hands. Because I think he would run with it. Listen, if if you can convince him that it's all about Riddick, that that dude is the only guy I know who loves Riddick more than me. That's true. Okay, so here's the deal. If you are a friend of ours or you like the show or listen to it, and you think that you might be like one step closer to Vin Diesel than we are, like get in touch with us or get us in touch with the person that you think is closer than you are to Vin Diesel so we can get this idea in his hands. That's the first star, Matt. Uh, E3 was great. What? What is our second star of the week? Dave, the second star of the week is that late last week, I got this weird hankering to paint a picture. Not like any huh. picture in particular. I just thought, like, man, it would be nice if I had, like, a paintbrush and some paints and was painting something. Okay. So here's the problem. I go to the local art supply store, because I've got a local art supply store. There's one Just, in the area. Matt, is the first... Isn't the first problem that, like, I mean, okay, you're definitely a more artistic dude than I am, but um, isn't the first problem that you don't know how to paint? Dave, I, I, I think that you, your thinking is very limited here. I need you to think big picture with me here, because really, what, what is painting? Well, okay, but I mean, to get a big picture, wouldn't you need to know how to To paint, paint that picture? Yes. Yeah. But, listen... I, I don't need your negativity, Dave. I'm looking for <laughs> I'm just I'm just I'm just a man out here trying my best. Except that I never actually got so far as trying my best. Because okay. the the actual first problem, before you get to the problem of me not knowing how to do actual painting, is that when I went to the art supply store and looked around, I was just wandering up and down aisles realizing like, oh, not only do I not know how to use this stuff, I don't even know which of this stuff I should be buying. Like, I was just wandering up and down aisles, and I would find piles of paint, and I'm like, well, that's, that is paint. I mean, I'm looking at it, and I, it says paint right on it with a price tag. I could bring that up to the register, but then I would look would at 30 other piles of you. paint. And, <laughs> and wonder, like, well, gosh... Which which one of these is the best one? Do I want to buy the best one? Because the answer is no. I don't want to buy the best one. Because A, I can't afford the best one. And B, I don't want to waste good... I don't want to spend a lot of money just to waste good paint on an awful painting. Which mm. is what it undoubtedly would be. But I also didn't want to just buy, like, child craft supplies. And so I, I literally stood in the art store for, like, 45 minutes just looking at paint. And, like, trying to find the right balance point. And eventually I decided that the right balance point was to go home and play Dragon Age. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Dragon Age is a great game. Listen, man, don't give up on this dream. Like, I am sure, Matt, uh, 
Okay, listen, dude. Do you want to paint a picture? Like, is this genuinely a thing that you want, or was this like a passing fancy? Hey, listen, man. A, a lot of a lot of this stuff is passing fancies. But on the other hand, at one point, I had a passing fancy to make some chainmail, and now I have a chainmail shirt. Matt, you know, uh, like, this, this is whole a thing show that I could do. This whole show started as a passing fancy, so like, don't discount the power of that. Here's my advice to you. This is this is not joke advice. I promise you. Dave, that's a shame because I feel like we need more jokes in the opening segment of this show. Okay, so no, far it's just listen. two of us being earnest about stuff that we want, which is fun <laughs> and a good conversation for brothers to have, but not necessarily great podcasting. Okay, listen, Matt, here's what you need to do. You need to go watch Bob Ross. That is not a joke. Like, go watch Bob Ross. That dude will tell you how to paint. Like, okay, he tells is- you, he tells you exactly what to do. The whole time, he tells you, like, what colors and, like, how everything operates, and then he shows you how to do it. Just go watch Bob Ross. Like, he will show you how to paint a painting. That That is an excellent point that I, honest to goodness, had not considered. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, like, my plan was just like, well, I guess I will get some paints, and I will, like, look at a thing and try to make a thing on a canvas look like whatever it is that I'm looking at. While, I don't know, like listening to an audiobook or something. Uh, well, yeah, Matt. Uh, I think that is pretty much what, what painting is. It's what, is it's you what look some at painting is. Um, <laughs> again, I, I don't, I'm not trying to, to tie myself to, you know, some sort of prescribed descriptivist uh, art style here. Anyway, um, here's, a, here's a legitimate question to you, the listeners. If you know what, like, paint stuff I should buy for, like, a guy who doesn't know what he's doing but also doesn't want to have actual garbage in his house, um, like, get at me. Let me know. Anyway, that's it for the second star. I I had a beautiful dream, and then I played video games instead. Well, Matt, uh, yes, you did. But you're on a path, Matt. It's a journey. It's a journey. Uh, and you're on that journey now. But what, Matt? That's journey... To the third star of the week. Ooh, What's our third star of the week? Uh, it was not, but thank you. Third star of the week, Dave, is a thing that I watched on Netflix this week. Okay, hit me. Um, are you familiar with Oh Hello? I am familiar in it in that it popped up in the Netflix queue. Okay, so I mean, listen, the, the, the long and short of it on this star is that I watched Oh Hello on Netflix. I thought it was very funny, and I think that you should also watch it. Here is a little bit more about it. it is, it's it's the comedians John Mulaney and Nick Kroll, like in, okay. in character as these two horrible old men. Okay, well, I love Mulaney. I don't actually like Nick Kroll a whole lot. Well, okay, here, here is how I feel about Nick Kroll, is that since all of his comedy is so character-based, it really depends on which character he is doing at any given time, whether or not I'm a big fan. Mm, okay. You yeah, know? that makes sense. And so, but these two guys have been working as these two characters for ages. Like, not always as a show. They've In the last year or so, they've had this uh, off-Broadway, and then I think now on-Broadway show, Oh Hello. Oh, no kidding. So this is not like a made-for-Netflix. Like, this is a thing that they have been working on. Oh, yeah. They filmed it for Netflix, but it's been an ongoing show for, I think, over a year, getting, like, oh, really good okay. reviews. But before that, for years, like, they would do these characters on TV shows and on podcasts and then live. Like, I think they hosted a comedy show, like a weekly show, as these characters for a long time. So, okay, like, that actually makes me much more into it. So what's cool is that it is the culmination of, like, years of doing these characters. And again, the characters are the awful, awful people. They're Got just, it. like, these miserable, delusional, like, oldsters. Um... And a lot of the jokes are, like, super specific to, like, New York City and New York City theater stuff that I had to kind of, like, guess as to, like, what the references were going for. But you could tell based on the audience, which were, like, you know, a New York City theater audience, that it was a very funny thing. (laughs) Also, Steve Martin's in the middle of it for, like, ten minutes. Anyway, go check this thing out. It's very good. Steve Martin, I think, is at the ideal point of a famous person's career, which is he doesn't actually 
do a whole lot of like individual stuff anymore. He just sort of putters around at what he thinks is interesting, which in Steve Martin's case is like banjo, and then shows up for 10 to 15 minutes on other people's stuff. Right. So he doesn't actually have to prepare. He just shows up in a nice suit and they hand him a microphone. Yeah, yeah. Like he's just cruising at this point, which I feel like is really the spot you're ultimately trying to get to. Oh, yeah. It's like uh, there's, there's this other podcast I listen to, Roderick on the Line. Uh, and in it, John Roderick uh, often talks about how his ideal jobs are like professor emeritus and retired army general. Like he doesn't actually want to be a general or a professor. He wants to have been that thing. And I think that's really <laughs> the best spot to be in. Anyway. that is, Yeah, absolutely it is. Uh, check well, it out. Yeah, maybe Netflix. we'll give it a watch. Uh, so what, Matt, is our fourth star of the week fourth star of the week dave is i'm bringing it back i'm bringing back a much beloved segment haven't seen too much of it lately uh but dave i've got a commute update commute update okay so the other day i'm driving home from work right and I am sort of driving past this uh, semi-truck. Okay. And it's sure. sort of this weird merge point in the highway. So I have to sort of like speed up to get ahead of it. And then by the time I look in the rearview mirror, it's already like a little ways behind me. Sure. But what I see reflecting off of the front grille of this semi-truck um, is a like big metal design that is a like a shiny stainless steel skull face with crossed sabers below it. Oh, oh like a Jolly Roger? Yes, but, but I, I specifically want to describe it that way because it's not a skull and crossbones. It's like a skull and crossed sabers. Here's what I love about this. Everything. Okay, here, here are the three things that I love about this. First of all, style. Like, listen, even yeah. if you, as I do, live an anti-pirate lifestyle... Mm-hmm. Um, or at least a non-pirate lifestyle. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm taking it back. Anti-pirate lifestyle. Um, just seeing a dude with that strong of a style game on his truck, because I've seen a lot of, like, fancied up trucks, but I've never seen someone go full pirate, and I love it. Yeah, that's a bold statement to make, especially if you yourself, if you think about it, are sort of the cargo ship of the modern American highway. Well, okay. Here's the second thing I love about it. Branding. Because imagine, if you will, that you are a guy in... Like, imagine that you're a a villain in a movie, right? Give me a moment. I'm preparing, I'm preparing, I'm preparing. I'm there. Okay. You are a villain in a movie. Part of your plan is that you need to transport some sort of, like thing from point a to point b okay matt what is my character's motivation okay your character wants to kill the batman oh okay great i'm right there (laughs) and so you've got some sort of like i don't know freeze bomb or like puzzle exploder or something but it's very big (laughs) and it needs to get transported from point a to point b right what do you do you don't just like call a regular charter like truck thing right because i no, feel like those people have rules and you can't no, just Matt. put an ice bomb on there you can't there's only one man you can call right pirate trucker you see that guy's car and you know oh this dude will do it this it, is a man who understands my particular needs like you know it costs a premium sure but you get what you're paying for um, and I just think that's truly wonderful that he's just broadcasting. It's just like a big shining resume, like a shining villain resume on the front of his truck. Uh, the third thing I love about it is that that guy's thinking ahead because if stuff really does go south, like real, real bad, like in a real way, this dude shows up day one with his Mad Max car. Like he right, just like, already you know- did it. Right, it's in a trunk in the cab of this thing. Like, this dude is ready to go. Oh, no, dude. I've been saying that this truck is his Mad Max car. It's already got a skull and crossbones on it. 
No, 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 sorry, Matt. I'm saying that he has an additional, like a personal costume that he's wearing. It's just like shoulder pants with metal spikes. Oh, sure. I mean, like, yeah, of yeah, course yeah. It is. I thought you were indicating that he also had another car in the trailer, Knight Rider style. Which, listen, Ooh, I wouldn't well, put past the pirate trucker. Yeah, that doesn't seem unreasonable to assume, but no, no, no. I'm saying that he has an additional costume that he will, like, he's just waiting. He's ready. Anyway, I love this guy. I love, like, the world that I think that he lives in. I kind of want to, like, read a story about him. Um, But that is all for the fourth Star of the Week. Dave, what is our fifth and final Star of the Week? So, Matt, for our fifth Star of the Week, I'm introducing a new segment that I'm calling Baby Watch. Ba-ba-bum. Or is it more like a We interrupt your regular broadcast of the Super Sentai Brothers to bring you a breaking news update. Baby Watch. Okay, uh, what is Baby Watch? So, Baby Watch, Matt, is that, well, I can't tell you their names, but I have started referring to, the because there's a boy and a girl, uh, the boy I have started referring to as Buddy Bear, and the girl I have started referring to as Sugar Bean. Okay. Yeah, it would make a lot of sense if you met them. Uh, she's obviously a little bean, and she's very sweet, and so... Sugar bean. Of course. And uh, he is a little buddy, and he just makes crowley noises all the time. So he's a buddy bear. Okay, I can dig it. Yeah. So, baby watch. The babies are making consonant sounds now, and it's super cute. Yeah. Yeah. They're good for babies. Yeah, they're doing a great job. That's it. Okay. All right. Uh, well, I guess then. Baby watch. Baby watch. <laughs> Uh, that is it for the five stars of the week. We are going to take a break. We are going to watch episode 38 of Ninja Sentai Cocker Ranger, and we will be right back. Ninja, ninja. All right, welcome back. So we have just finished watching episode 38, Moo, a repulsive cow. Uh, Dave, what did you think of this week's episode? Dude, this was one of the this is a real standout episode, man. This is, I think, one of the better episodes we've seen in a while. I had a lot, a lot, a lot of fun with this one. Now, I will warn you, between watching this episode, because I watched it earlier in the day, and sitting down to record here, I have also watched the first five episodes of O-Ranger. Oh, so okay. I'm, I, I have very detailed notes, and I'm going to do my very best. But if I accidentally start talking about a completely different show, please stop me. Uh, yeah, I will. I will be sure to do that. So when we start off, the first thing I have in my notes is just, okay, here we go. Because this episode starts immediately. We- yeah, there is, there is no downtime. Uh, the first thing that we see is people running away from a Jeep. And in the Jeep is a bull man, a minotaur, I think we can safely say. He's a minotaur in like a poncho with a hat and a rifle. Looks like a rifle. It's actually like a machine gun. Uh, well, well what it I, seems what to I be both, he actually. most specifically looks like, Dave, is the Cowboys of Moo Mesa. Yeah, he does. Incredibly, Matt... I don't think this is the first time we've referenced the Cowboys of Moo Mesa on this show. I would not be even a little bit surprised if we had talked about it before. Yeah, so, but yeah, yeah, no, you that is definitely what that is. He looks like the Cowboys of Moo Mesa. So he is running around and he is shooting people. His, his name is Ushioni, and it says... In, like, his little introduction blurb, he used to just be a yokai whose only skill was, like, like crushing nerds. Like, he doesn't, he's not, there's nothing special about Ushioni. He's literally just, like, a giant bull monster that I think probably kills and eats people. But now, he has been reborn as the yokai rifleman. Yes. And so, because at first I thought that he had, like, a lance for some reason. Um, and that he, he was, was in like, a car. He could have been against them. Sure, why not? That's... 
Uh, That also would have been fine. But then I saw that, no, it was a rifle, and he was just shooting humans with bullets, and they were, like, falling over and, like, potentially dying. That is not actually what ended up happening. Yeah. Um, They're not dying. They're fine. Well, Dave, I wouldn't say fine. Well, okay. They ultimately will be fine. Here's what we find out, is that Uchioni somehow has loaded his bullets... With his own DNA. Like one and does. By, yeah, and by shooting people with the bullets, he turns them into other Ushioni. Now, we are definitely in a, like, vampire, uh, turned vampire slash, like, vampire prime situation here in which he is the primary Ushioni, and they are all, like, like generation two Ushioni, like their bloodline is weaker. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like because what happens is they fall over, and I think that they're dead. But then they get back up, but they have grown horns, like yes. bull horns on their heads. Yeah, so they are cow people now, and here's what we find out is that they are thieves. They've been turned into thieves who will steal the treasures of the world. Uh, It is important to note that they are armed only with what I would call the most basic of like shogunate era Japanese weaponry. They have like not even swords. They have clubs and like some sticks with some hooky bits at the end. My guess, Dave, is that those are actually like shogunate era like um, cow herding implements. Ooh, I really hope that you're right. That would make a ton of sense, and I would really, really like it. I And so what we see is a couple of shots of them, like, breaking into banks en masse and, like, stealing. Uh, they do a bank robbery. They steal a bunch of gold bars from one of the banks because they keep gold bars around. And by the way, uh, when they, just to make sure that you don't miss the fact that they are doing this, um, on the screen, like, wor- words come up that say, hey, they're breaking into this bank. They are stealing these precious metals. Yeah, it absolutely does. I do... I would very much like to know where security is. You know, okay. I was thinking about this too. Because, like, these are... They got horns, and they're clearly, like, in an evil zone... But they don't seem to, at this point, have any sort of super strength. They just have bad attitudes, and there's a lot of them. Yeah. my guess is that at this point in, you know, like, we're 38 episodes into Cocky Ranger. When 40 dudes with bull, like, like if 40 people who otherwise look normal, but they have bullhorns on, walk into your bank and start messing around, at this point, the security guards have to assume there's some sort of yokai activity, and they probably don't want to just shoot these 40 people dead with bullets. And so okay. I think they're just letting them get away with it and hoping that the Cocker Rangers <laughs> can deal with the problem. It's like, you know what? It's not worth it. You're, it's fine. Like, you're good. Like, the bank's insured. It's okay. We're not. <laughs> That's a super conscientious watchman. I dig that watchman. So. Here's what we find out. This is the ultimate plan. And Uniyoshi gets enormous points in my book for this. We see him and he is kneeling before... uh... Daimao. Thank you. I had a very embarrassing moment there. No, that's fine. It's it's troublesome because in my notes, he's always either a young noble senior or the big D. And so actually trying to remember what his name is for real when I'm talking about him on the show can be a little tricky. We see Uniyoshi, and he is kneeling before Daimao, and he says, Boss, here is the deal. All of my guys, my evil cow people, are stealing all of this stuff. And once they have stolen all of the world's treasures, I will build for you Onigashima World. And he has, he points over, and he has like an artist's rendering, like an architectural rendering of this and it's they it's disney world for yokai like this is the plan it's evil Uniyoshi disney is doing yeah it's evil disney he's doing all of this to build a vacation spot for lord daimo 
when Lord Daimo takes over the world. Right, so Uniyoshi's plan has nothing to do with actually helping Daimo take over the world. He's like, no, no, you've got that. I believe you're in fine. you. Like, you're the boss. I'm sure you're going to succeed. When you do, you're going to want a nice vacation spot. And that's what I'm here for. That's my jam. That's what I do. That's what I bring to this organization. So, and listen, it's great. It's like we're saying before, you've got to demonstrate your value to your evil bosses. Because if he was just another dude with a gun and a bad attitude, you know, Daimyo's got those guys coming out of his Coming ears. out of his weirdly shaped giant side head <laughs> ears. He's got that. What he doesn't have, apparently, is a party planner. So Uniyoshi's going to fill that role. to be your evil party planner than in... A, a weird cow dude with a rifle and DNA bullets. Okay, that's what so I've always we said. go, we go back to the street. I mean, I'm not married, but when it, you know, if it ever happens and I need to hire a wedding planner, you know, I'm that's going to DNA you're... bullet cow dude. Yeah, that's absolutely that guy knows how to throw a party. So we're back, we're back to the street. There's a lot of hard cuts in this episode, guys. Just like real, like Hulk smash level smash cuts. Oh, it, it where took me things just 40 minutes to watch this 20 minute episode because I kept having to pause to write stuff down. Just to figure out what was happening. So like if if there's you forgive us. So we go back to the street. Uh, there's some kids walking around. They like seeming to like just run into their mom on the street. And they're like, mom. And she's happy to see them. Oh, good to she's see you. She's got groceries. What a yeah, coincidence. How pleasant. Let's get a drink. So they, their mom has gone grocery shopping. She like opens the bag and they're like, hamburgers, hooray. And then mom gets shot by Ushioni. Yes, very suddenly. Obviously. And from the children's perspective, because of course they don't know it's a DNA bullet, very shocking. Yeah, they freak right out. Very reasonable. And they are like looking down at their mom and then horns appear on the mom. And mom, the kids freak out. And then mom like stomps off to join the herd. I guess. Yeah, at this point in the notes, I started referring to them as the herd. I don't think the show yeah, ever called fair. them that, but I, that's very they much what I'm feeling. So it's this herd, and then there's a jewelry store robbery, and they're like, we just see them, and it's all the cow people, and they're smashing up the jewelry store and stealing jewelry and stuff. Uh, the rangers show up to stop them. Finally. This is the first time we've seen them in this episode. Yeah, we're a solid three and a half, four minutes into this episode, I'd say. Oh, easily, yeah. Okay, so the rangers show up. They're trying to stop them. Ninja Man arrives, and like he sees Uniyoshi, and he says something about Momotaro, who is like a Japanese culture hero who was born out of a peach. It's a very cool story, actually. Who I guess maybe fought Uniyoshi in his story, and then Ninja Man just like jumps in the fight. Yeah, he's like with the rangers like, and the cow that people. Dude's not here anymore. So now you're gonna have to deal with me. But like. Uniyoshi, I don't think, is, like, in the crowd. And so no, Ninja Man is, is just leaping into the mosh pit of these cow dudes. Yeah, and let me be clear. Yeah, when I say he leaps into the fight, he literally does, like, a flying leap, like, into... And he's just trying to, like... He doesn't have, like, a real strong objective. He's just trying to punch as many cow people as he can. Well, because I don't think... I think is his plan. Like, you know, it's only his third episode. And so he's not used to all the weird stuff. I mean, I guess he's used to the weird stuff from, like, back in the day, but he's not used to current weird stuff. So when he sees people with horns, he just thinks that they're all yokai. And so he grabs this, like, lady who is the mother of the children, like the one we were talking about earlier, and just yeah. starts choking her. And the kids run up like, what are you doing? Stop choking our mom. I know she's got horns right now, but that's a problem we can deal with. Right, like, that is 100% our mom. Uh, so the rangers actually are like, oh yeah, no, Ninja Man, you need to stop. You gotta stop doing that. Like, that is not, that is not an appropriate way for Ninja Man to act. Like, that's not cool. Yeah, and so, <laughs> like, things, things get explained to him. And Ninja Man is furious that these people have been turned into yokai. But instead of listening to the rangers and, like, hanging out to form a plan... He's like, okay, um, I'm never going to forgive this yokai, and I'm off. And he runs away, and I think it was Jiraiya describes him like a freight train. Like, he just turns around and starts running in a direction where he thinks a problem might be. 
Yeah, I so Tsuruhime is the one who did all the explaining, like, oh no, there were DNA bullets and he has transformed. How does Tsuruhime possibly know that this is the case? Well, you know, okay, let's give them a little benefit of the doubt here. Maybe that's what they were doing for the first, like, three or four minutes of this episode, is doing all the legwork to figure out what the problem was. You know what? Yeah, right on, I'm into that. I mean, why not, really? Yeah, sure. So... (laughs) They are... So, Ninja Man runs away. Yeah, Ninja Man's out. We get a hard cut to Jiraiya, like, like a close-up on his face as he looks at Ninja Man running away because he does not approve of how Ninja Man is conducting himself. In fact, yes. Jiraiya has his own plan as to how to stop this guy. Oh my gosh, this is so amazing. Never, Matt, never in a million years did I dream that this show was going to get this glorious again. Because what do we... Okay, we, we get a couple of quick cuts, and it's popping back and forth. And it's popping back and forth between Uniyoshi, like, rolling around shooting people. And then, and like, from the knees down, you see a all dude you in, see, like, leather-fringed, like, chaps and rollerblades. And rollerblades. Very familiar rollerblades. Oh, yeah, guys. Cowboy Jiraiya is back. So Cowboy Jiraiya is back. Uh, again, never in a million years did I dream that the show would be this amazing again. I mean, really, when he stopped wearing that outfit after his first episode, I genuinely thought we would never see it again. We, I think we did see it briefly during that flashback when there was the episode with his mentor. But I never yes, thought we, we would see it in action. But he has to, Dave, because he's not confronting him just as Jiraiya the Cocky Ranger. No, no, no. He's not, Matt. When, when he confronts him, he is confronting him as the American Ninja, the gunman of the plains, Jiraiya. It's so, so amazing. So they have a good old-fashioned shootout because Jiraiya, this outfit does come with a six-shooter, by the way. Sure. Uh, they have a good old-fashioned shootout. Uh, Jiraiya throws his hat at Oni- Unioshi, and, like, Unioshi shoots him with a rifle. They're, Ushioni. like, popping around. I did not notice. Sorry. Yeah, Unioshi. Ushioni. Uh, I- Ushioni. Sorry. What did I say? Unioshi? Yeah. I did. So, Ushioni. Hey, listen. Does I have, get the I names did- wrong a lot. This one I wrote down a bunch of times, so I'm making sure that I'm going to say it right. No. <laughs> So, I did not notice this before. His rifle totally does have, like, rad, like, bull skull horns, which is very cool. And also, I didn't catch this until this point of the episode. Because if you look at Ushioni's face, it's a big bull face, and it's got, like, a cowboy hat. And there's a ring on the face. And I didn't look too closely at it because of, like, oh, bull ring in the nose, that's where it... But it's not. He's holding the ring in his mouth. Yes, he is, which is a weird detail. But what is a great detail is that if you look a little bit below that, you will see in the middle of his chest there is hanging a badge. And on that badge, it says, Cow Sheriff. Man, I did not catch that. I am very glad that I did. Dude, guys, every once in a while, they really manage to, like, crush out some excellent details in this show. And this has been two weeks of, in a row of really good monster designs. Yeah. This is Cow Sheriff. So they're having okay, a shootout. So... And Ushioni manages to shoot the gun out of Jiraiya's hand. And he's yeah, lining it's up a his, heck of a shot. It's very impressive. He's lining up for another shot to take him out when all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Ninja Man appears. Right. Ninja Man, again, just sort of like dives into this fight doesn't actually do a super great job. Right, like he manages to knock the rifle kind of off balance, and so he doesn't end up shooting Jiraiya. But then he gets in the way, and Ushioni is able to escape before Jiraiya can really sort of like recollect himself to attack again. And yeah, Jiraiya, Jiraiya is like really mad. Furious. Yeah, he's like, dude, you, he's like, there was a plan, I was doing a thing, I you a cannot just change. kind of... Right, like, you can't just run in here and and do this. And Uniyoshi just sort of, like... I'm sorry. Man, Ninja Man just starts... He basically ignores him. He's like, yes, great job, Jiraiya. Thanks for the, like, positive whatever. I'm out. And then he just starts running away again. Now, by the way, in that tirade, Jiraiya did call him a dummy, a dork, 
and a bungle. I just wanted yes, I wanted to make sure that all three of those uh, points were mentioned on the episode. It is really important though he does not call him a novice because otherwise oh no i mean that would yeah. be a problem then we would have had a problem so we really Uniyoshi... talked about how ninja man is the marty mcfly of this show yeah we 100 okay, did cool i just wanted to make sure we had covered that right so jiraiya is not wrong ninja man is basically a freight train of destruction because he's not actually he's just running in a direction okay here are some things that happen on his run. Because I think he has a sense as to where Ushioni has gone. Um, because he is, like, he does seem like there's some sort of direction. But anything that's in his way, he does not care about. So he gets to a parking lot, and he's just running on top of cars. He runs to where there is a manhole, like an open manhole cover where there's a guy doing work. And he would have fallen in the manhole cover. But in a moment of really amazing, like, physical comedy... The guy who had been, like, working down in the sewer was coming up and, like, his hard head was just poking above the surface. And so instead of stepping in the manhole cover, Ninja Man just steps on this guy's head and continues to run. Yeah, uh, that's a pretty good... I was pretty into that moment. So he is just... He, like, busts through some walls, Kool-Aid Man style, all sorts of stuff. Okay, so amazingly... As Ninja Man is just running around, he does actually manage to run into some of these cow people who are, like, escaping with some stolen goods. And he just, he doesn't actually even, he's not actively trying to stop them. Right. All he says is, like, get out of the way. It's really hard for me to stop this suddenly. Like, you have to, and he just plows them over, sort of scattering them. Yes. And does not really stop. Um, and yeah, he doesn't of, actually stop to to fight these villain monsters and recover the goods. No, because at this point, he knows that they're humans, and he doesn't actually want to hurt them. He's just unable to stop himself from knocking them all over. By the way, because of course it is, one of the people in this herd group in this part of the city is still that same mother. Yeah, naturally. So the kids, her kids, the hamburger kids are still following her. They see mom get plowed over, and she actually, like, she hits the bricks pretty hard. Ninja Man is gone at this point. The rangers arrive, and they're, like, comforting the kids. Mom is knocked out. They're comforting the kids. are like, oh, no, she's not dead. Like, she's okay. Ninja Man, like, didn't mean to hurt her. And they're like, mm, she looks like she's probably fine, but we should probably go to the hospital. Yeah. Like, like just, just to make sure to that she's not safe hurt. Side. Also, yeah. she probably shouldn't just be running around in the streets anyway. Yeah, well, because she's a cow monster now. So the rangers split. Sasuke, Seikai, and Saizo all go off in one direction. Jiraiya goes off in another direction. And Tsuruhime is the one who is tasked with uh, bringing the kids and mom to the hospital. Right. And so Jiraiya is following Ninja Man. Um, yes. By the way, there's a moment when he's chasing after Ninja Man that Jiraiya does this, this like too. standing jump over this le- ledge onto another like level of this uh, walkway. That like yeah, it's just it a was quick a moment, really but it is an amazing jump. Yeah, it's uh, really cool. I genuinely assume that he had some sort of like the trampoline or something back there, but uh, he crushes that jump. Like, it's a really nice little stunt job that he does there. So he has caught up with Ninja Man, and he straight up lassos that dude. Yeah, like throws a rope around his neck. And this is what we yeah, get he did not A rope that he did not have, like, literally 30 seconds before this. But, or did he, Dave? Ninja. Uh, ninja. So, so when we come back to the commercial break, we realize why Jiraiya was doing this. Because he has brought Ninja Man to the hospital and is make like, okay, I've, I've sort of killed the, the great cut of this scene. Because when we come back from commercial, they're in the hospital. We see the mother unconscious in bed. And then we cut to the two kids, one at a time. And they're both just glaring in the same direction. And then the camera pulls back and Ninja Man is in the room. And you see that those children are just giving Ninja Man the death glare. Yeah, they are mean mugging him real, real hard. Jiraiya tells Ninja Man to apologize. 
Ninja Man is Ninja Man feels super like you can tell for a dude that has no face or has his face hidden under like a mask helmet thing. Uh, he does a pretty good job of emoting this. Ninja Man feels terrible. The kids hate Ninja Man and they tell him so. And Ninja Man and, just sort of like turns around and sulks his way outside, which <laughs> like Ninja Man does a lot of like emotional running and walking in this episode. Which, when you see it done by this, like, slightly oversized, like, superhero ninja costume, is hilarious. In a way that I'm not sure it was supposed to be, but 100% is. Yeah, like I said, I mean, whoever is in that Ninja Man costume actually does, like, a pretty good job of of selling what Ninja Man is, is trying to do here. So, what we see is it's a bunch of kids on a playground, and Ninja Man is off to the side... Just sort of looking on. Just chilling out of park. This bags. is right. This is possibly the single most unrealistic scene in this entire episode. Maybe this entire show so far, Matt. And I'm fully cognizant of the show that we're watching because there is a dude in like a full on like rad ninja robot costume, and these kids are paying him zero attention. That is a very good point because, like, he yeah, could like, be hiding. We know that he could be because he is a ninja, he, but he clearly right. isn't. He is very obviously not hiding. He looks super, super cool. He is obviously like a rad ninja robot superhero, and these kids are way more interested in monkey bars. That's nonsense. That would never happen in a million years. Well, you know, maybe but they can nin- sense that he's sad and they're trying to give him his space. <laughs> maybe they're very considerate sure. children. Sure, Matt. I am sure that that is exactly what would happen if a group of children en masse saw a rad ninja robot superhero. Uh, so he is, he is looking on at these kids, and Jiraiya shows up. I think Jiraiya, he's like, I know that, you know, like I needed a reprimand ninja man, but like now he feels bad. So he's like, ninja man, like, what's going on? You seem really down. And ninja man says, dude, all the kids hate me. All the kids hate me. Uh, I, I'm I'm giving up. I can't do this if the kids hate me. Like, basically, I do this for the children. Right, like, I love children so much, and if they hate me, then I don't think I can, like, emotionally I just can't. get myself into the superheroing. Yeah, I just, I'm not, my heart's not there. I can't do it. Blah, blah, blah. Jarius is like, listen, man, uh, I get it. I know that those kids were super upset. You know, like, their mom is hurt. But they'll be fine. Like, they'll get it. They will come to understand you. And then the kids will love you. And you will, you know, you will be a great superhero again. You'll be good. Right. And he tries to, like, grab his shoulder and do this sort of, like, shoulder grab pat thing. Ninja Man at this point just gets up. And, like, like you can... Listen, you know that he's crying because of his body language and the way that he is running away but you can't see it because he's got a robot face on. But he, right. I don't know if he says it out loud or if he's just thinking it, but he's saying, like, I'm, I don't deal well with, like, being comforted. Yeah. Well, like, you can't tell because he has a robot face. But that's a weird... That's a weird thing to just throw in there, guys. Because that tells us a whole, whole... Just a whole, whole lot about, like, Ninja Man and his past. Listen, man, Ninja Man has had a very trying life. He accidentally murdered a bunch of people, and then he got put in a bottle and thrown into space for a thousand years. It, it's mm. it's tough to be Ninja Man. He's just trying okay. his best out here, Dave. Yeah, so we, we leave that scene, and now we're back in a fight. So oh, we see because, Ushioni. Yeah, so Jiraiya gets a call on his um, Doran Changer. Oh, that's right. Yeah, thank you. He gets a call, and they're just like, dude, Sasuke, like, we found Ushioni, time for a fight. We're back. Jai has changed again, back in the, oh, sorry, because he was no longer in his cowboy outfit. He is now back in his cowboy outfit. So he's put this whole thing on twice, and it is dual time. Like, it is dual at high noon. They are, like, pacing off. Ushioni has a six-shooter, which I don't know if he had before, but he's got it now. And they are still in rollerblades, by the way. I want to be very clear about that. And they are just squaring off. And, you know, they're doing the classic, like, they're reaching for their six shooters. 
then all of a sudden the wind blows and a can that was standing up falls over. And as the can falls over, that is the signal for them to like each draw. Yes. They each draw. They each shoot. Jariah shoots so straight and so true, Matt, that his bullet splits Ushioni's bullet in half and still manages to shoot Ushioni. So Ushioni drops his gun. But okay, I feel like I've moved past that too quickly. That's amazing. And it's what what's most amazing about it is that we are seeing here an incredible skill that Jiraiya has. Like any other show, this like Jiraiya would just be the pistol guy if that's what he could do. But this is, I think, the only episode, except for his first episode, in which he even bothers because his other skills are so intense. Yeah, uh, this is, it's like it's animated and the bullets are flying around. It's, uh, it's an incredible moment. So the other so, guys oh. all pop out and they're like, okay, yep. now it's time. Super Henge, like, let's get into this fight. Right. But what they did not anticipate is that when they Super Henge, Ushioni looks at Sasuke, who is now in his, like, big red costume, and he goes bananas. Like, And they actually do, like, and he goes nuts. Like, he wrecks Sasuke. His horns grow to, like, twice the size that they normally are. Yes. And weirdly, uh, oh, all over town, because they're yes. all, like, all of the other people are linked to his DNA... All of their horns grow larger, and also they get more muscly, and, like, the mom gets out of her hospital bed and runs out. Yeah, so all of the cow monsters, the whole herd is freaky. It's a stampede, Matt. It's an it's it, a yokai it stampede. It is a yokai stampede. Is what it is. So we are, we, we flip back to the fight, and like we said, Ushioni is just wrecking Sasuke. And I actually... Did not put together why. I'm like, why are they only... And then they mentioned, they're like, why is he only attacking Sasuke? And I somebody says, it's like, oh, well, he's in red. Yeah, like, and this bull like, guy so just went nuts. Which I think is and such I, a great touch in this episode. So, uh, Sasuke takes a real hard hit. He flies through some boxes. We get the single most abrupt end to a fight scene that I ever remember. Because he goes flying through those boxes, and then the next scene is him just stumbling off on Hengade, and the other rangers run up to find him, and they are also on Hengade, and Ushioni is gone. Yeah, so, like, Ushioni apparently went from, like, crazed bloodlust to completely uninterested. Well, you know, Matt, well, okay, I will say, when he unhengade, then maybe that was... Oh, because he wasn't wearing all red anymore. Okay, okay. Wear- yeah. I'll, I'll allow it. Okay, so they're just like, dude, like that was obviously that was very bad. Uh, we go from there to Ushioni being followed by the herd carrying all of this wealth, and and Ushioni has erected like a giant under construction sign at the beach. Yes, like future site of Oni Onigashima Onigashima World. Listen, he's he's got a plan. He has contractors. They've worked out blueprints. Um, uh, dude, he's I, filed for I permits straight, down at the local office. I cannot handle Ushioni. Um, he's my favorite monster in like a real, real long time. I'm just going to... Like, this dude is going high on the creature royale. I'm calling it right now. So we, we cut so, back to the rangers, and they're sitting around trying to figure out what to do, right? Yes. And Jiraiya is saying, listen... We need to get Ninja Man's help. And everyone else just groans like, oh my gosh, he's such a flake. Like he keeps trying to help and he keeps completely messing things up. Like, do we really have to work with him on this? Right. But Sasuke, uh, Sasuke jumps in. He's like, no, you are right. We do actually, we do want this guy as a valuable ally. He's just He's just like a real flake. Well, He's kind of spazzy. Okay, so here, here was here was Jiraiya's argument. I thought it was actually a really nice moment because he said that Ninja Man was having a real trouble, like communicating his emotions to the children. You know, like right. he messed up, but he like really loves children, and they don't get that. Like they all hate him, 
And this like inability to communicate has really been troubling Ninja Man. Yes. And Jiraiya says, listen, when I first got to Japan, I didn't speak Japanese very well. And I also wasn't able to communicate with people. And like that barrier where like I couldn't get my emotions across to people was like really stressful. Like it was very tough. Like it's a tough thing to deal with. And I know what he's going through right now. So, you know, like let's let's help him through this. Yeah. Now, I will say, uh, Jiraiya has set, like, an international record for language acquisition. Well, listen, Dave, he's got all sorts of ninja skills. One of those skills happens to be linguistic. Ninja linguistic. You know, man, I would make fun of that, but I did earlier today spend, like, half an hour reading the Exalted book, and there's, like, three pages of linguistics charms. So I guess I can't get down on Jiraiya too hard. See? You are thinking about Exalted all the time. I told you. <laughs> well, I've been reading the book a lot. It's it's very, very good. I'm not going to talk about it now, Matt, but there's some there's some really, really cool okay. systems. I would love to play this game. Anyways, so Jiraiya's like, listen, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go find him. Like you guys basically like meet us there. So the next scene is we see Jiraiya and Ninja Man at the beach calling out Ushioni. And the other rangers are, like, back behind a rock someplace. Like, they're just watching. They have decided, they're like, okay, cool. Like, you guys have got this. We're going to let Ninja Man, like, get his groove back. And then we're going to fight later. So, while they're doing this, Unio Ushioni, I keep saying that. Ushioni keep, does show up. And Jirai's like, all right, cool, Ninja Man. Like, you got this. I'm out. And so, he steps back. Ninja Man pulls out a red cape. And Ushioni... Once again, goes bonkers. Okay, Matt, there is a quick moment. I don't know if you noticed this. Where Ushioni, like, he put, because he sees Ninja Man and he pulls out his gun. Oh, yeah. And then Ninja Man pulls the cape and Ushioni, like, looks down at his gun, clearly has, like, a titanic struggle with himself. Like, Ushioni knows in this moment, that he is being tricked and manipulated. Like, there was part of Ushioni's brain in the back. It's like, no, dude, don't do it. You know they want you to do it. Just shoot him. You have a gun. Like, it's cool. And then he stares at the gun, and the gun actually trembles a little bit, and then he throws it away and freaks freaks right out. It's so good. The horns grow. There's lightning coming out of them. And he just starts chasing after Ninja Man. But Ninja Man is ready for him. Ninja Man yeah. has, like, put some skill time into his bullfighting. Yes. And so he is, like, dodging around Ushioni. And uh, and then eventually, when Ushioni is tired enough, he just he just pulls out his sword he trips and, stabs, and stabs Ushioni. Um, and that's like, okay, that's the end of the small person fight. Yeah, which was... It was, like, a tiny bit weird because that is 100% how bullfights actually end. Yeah, like, you just tire that bull out and then you just stab it to death. Well, but normally, like, when you go to a bullfight, after that, there is not, like, evil lightning that comes from the sky that causes the bull to grow to the size of a building. Which, honestly, oh, is yeah, for the yeah, best. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that that would really mess with the whole... Many parts of the experience... Because be, then you would, would have to have weird. a giant robot matador. Yeah, which, no, I'm actually going to take my opinion back. That would be like a million times cooler. Okay, but in this case, we don't have a giant robot matador. We have a giant robot Sadly. ninja man. Because ninja man grows, and he is now ready to do the giant fight. Yes, good for him. So, he starts to do the giant fight. Well, what he actually tries to do Oh yeah, he pulls is... the tape back out. Yeah, he pulls the cape back out, and he just <laughs> and Ushioni just says, "No, no, 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 no! That already worked once. It's not going to work again." And he just pulls out his gun and shoots Ninja Man for a second. Well, he shoots the cape a bunch of times first, which I think oh, was a that's great right. touch. And then he calls Ninja Man a novice, which this thing is—it's a bit contrived. Like, okay, I just want to say, yeah, he says like you're a novice, like you shouldn't be trying to fight me for the next, like, ten years. Like, that's how much more training you need. 
Yeah. And it's just crazy for a couple of reasons. First of all, before Ninja Man showed up, they never ever called, like, the yokai never called the Rangers novices, which is crazy yep. because they were, most of them, totally novices, right? Um, yes. And then they know that he gets mad. They must be paying attention that they do, when, he, when they do this. And also, Ninja Man is a thousand years old and has probably spent some of that, like, space bottle time training, right? Probably? A little yeah, bit? Yeah, you would think, I guess. So, like, he's probably not even a novice. It's maddening that it keeps happening. Like, it's fun because that's what triggers him to, like, have his anger explosion and turn into Samurai Man. But it's just such a weird trigger for it. Yeah, so he does, in fact, turn into Samurai Man. They do the uh, they do the fight for a little bit, and then Ushioni kind of remembers that he has a ranged weapon, and Samurai Man does not. So he just shoots that dude. Yeah, Samurai or Samurai Man goes down. Uh, the Kaku Rangers are like, oh gosh, we also have giant robots. We should probably call them so we can like help this dude out. Yes. So they do. They form Kakure Dai Shogun. They do the Iron Fist God finish. And then, like, Samurai Man kind of jams his his spear thing in there. It doesn't seem like it helps a whole lot, but he wanted to be part of the action. And Ushioni's final words are, I can't take it anymore. See, it's like if you can't take it anymore. Yeah, no, 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 no. I was there. Some letters replaced with other O's. Yeah, no, I got that. I'm I curious what he said part. in the Japanese that they translated it that way. Yeah, I feel like that's a pun that like would not probably work in the Japanese. But a pun only working in English has never stopped this show before. Well, that's so true. Maybe it's <laughs> That fine. is very true. Yeah, so once Ushioni goes down, uh, the people are released from their spell. Hooray. The kids are right there. I can only assume Tsurihime brought them. It's wildly irresponsible. And, they, and then, and so, uh, yeah, like the, the children have now seen that Ninja Man is a good dude uh, and that he did help. And so now they all love Ninja Man and Ninja Man is immediately like, like pretty big headed about it. He's like, oh yeah, did you see that? That was all me. I did that 100% myself. Look at me. I'm Ninja Man. Yeah, there is a real weird little moment where... Okay, so when the people wake up from their cow spell, they do not have any memory of anything happening. But then when Ninja Man is just like, oh, yeah, I saved you guys. They're like, yeah, Ninja Man, that was great. Which is a little... Anyways. And even the, um, the Kaku Rangers are like, does he think that he did that all by himself? Because we totally helped. Yeah, like we were definitely part of that. And then that's the end. That's the end of the episode. It is just Ninja Man like getting... Uh, all the getting with himself. So, Dave, yeah. speaking of accolades, where does Ushioni, the uh, yokai rifleman, land on the creature royale? Dude, like I said, uh, this guy is high on my list. He's, okay, he's got a great look. Like, I dig his whole, he has a badge that says Kyle Sheriff. I dig his whole look. He has an amazing plan. This is, like, one of my favorite, no joke, dude, this is, like, Three Stooges level favorite plan, because his whole plan is literally just to build a yokai. It's it's very, very good. My A yokai amusement park. I think that my, uh, I'm looking at the list, I would not go any lower than Key Clown. I think that's where we should start and sort of go up from there. Yeah, definitely. Again, like, I love this dude's look. I love this episode. As far as, like, episode jazz, this episode has got, like, this episode's got a lot of heat. His plan is amazing. I think, really, it's the plan. And I like his plan better than I think just about anybody's, except maybe God Noodle. Ooh. Yeah, because, you know, God, man, God Noodle's plan was so good. If if you by by the way, if you the listeners have not watched Jetman and you just hopped on for Cocker Ranger, um, first of all, Jetman was a lot of fun. You should go back and listen to it. Uh, but God Noodle was a evil giant cup of instant noodles um, that designed the most flavorful sort of instant noodle 
that then got into people's stomachs and made them impatient for anything that wasn't instant. Yes. God Noodle is like peak, peak Monster of the Week. Yeah, so... Oh, man. Do you like him? Okay, do you like him more than God Noodle? I don't think that I do. I don't think that I do. It's close. Well, do you, okay, right below God Noodle is Birdcage Vagrant. Do you like him more than Birdcage Vagrant? Because I'm... I really like Birdcage Vagrant, and it's been a while since I've seen that episode, but I might like Ushioni more than him. I, dude, I think I do. He's a giant cow that turns people into cows and has a badge that says cow sheriff. I mean, that does put him above the spider guy. It does put him above media magician and golly sensei. Are we comfortable with that? I'm cool with that, man. Okay, cool. Well, then Ushioni, the... Uh, the cowboy of Mu Mesa, the uh, yokai rifleman, goes on our list at number six. Oh, they there did Cocker Ranger Ball at some point in this episode. I completely yeah, they forgot did. to I mention didn't... it because Cocker Ranger Ball sucks, but it did yeah, happen. Yeah, I actually I noticed that you skipped it and then I didn't say anything because Cocker Ranger Ball is stupid and I hate it. <laughs> Uh, okay. I just wanted to, I was looking at my notes and realized like, oh, wow, there's a whole scene that I just totally walked past, but it's fine. Cause it was a bad scene and it was a yep. weak point in an otherwise stellar episode. But Dave, I am about to melt. Um, and so I think that we're done now. That is going to do it for another episode of a view to a cocky ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all that you can email the show at super brothers at gmail.com. You want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things that we're talking about on Twitter? We are at Super Sentai Bros. If you like the show, please remember, shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Uh, give us a rate or a review. Subscribe on there. That's what's going to help new people find the show. Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. To find any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can do so at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on earth.